This episode is all about UFC 229's main event, Conor vs. Khabib. First, before we get into it, we'd like to take a moment to thank XKO for allowing us to promote and cover their past event. It was pretty great. It was the first time we ever covered the event, and we're working hard on covering more combat sports in the DFW area. That being said, the Dallas Crystal Cup Open is happening on November 10th in Dallas, Texas. They've been coming to Dallas for six years now. This particular event has a featured division, the Ultimate Grappler Qualifier, which is a man's no-gi advanced absolute. The winner qualifies and advances to compete in Orlando, Florida, where the Ultimate Grappler 2018 will be crowned and a grand prize of $2,500 will be awarded. Early registration is October 21st. Late registration is November 6th. So go to nucjjf.com to register. Now that that's out of the way, let's get on to the show. Welcome to the Hook J Podcast. Who the fuck is that guy? Who the fuck is that? It's all said and done. I know one thing that I can do. I can fight. I can give it and I can take it. You should have left me over on that other game that I'm from, that more ruthless game where we bounce heads off the canvas and drill them into the floor. You should have left me where I was. The show starts now. In this episode, we cover Connor versus Khabib only. That's the only thing we're talking about in this episode because this is the biggest fight in MMA history. At least that's what it's being promoted as. So let's figure out exactly why. So coming up on October 6th is UFC 229. As we said before, the biggest main event is Khabib versus Connor or Connor versus Khabib. That's up to you. You can say it whichever way you want. Uh, so how do these two people, how does these two gentlemen stack up, Justin? So how do these two guys stack up? Well, Khabib, the champ, uh, he's sitting at 26 and 0, never lost, never lost a round, at least they claim. And this is an all around grappler. He's a classic grappler. Whereas Connor is your 21 and three stand up knockout artist. So let's break down their record, the recent records. First, because uh, this will be a little more interesting. That way, that way we can get a perspective on exactly the last fights, how they performed, and going further. So Connor's been gone for a while. You know, he took that brief hiatus doing something. We don't exactly know what he was doing. He fought Eddie, just kind of disappeared. No one knows exactly what's something with boxing. I'm pretty sure he was fighting Floyd Mayweather for the biggest check of all time, well over 100 mil. Like they, it was a cardboard cutout of a big check. No, no, it was it was like money. He made like over a lot of money. money. Yeah, I don't know. It was some. I I don't know anything about that. Um, well, I'll, I'll look it up later. Connor's been gone for a while. Everyone knows that he last fought at two hundred five, not the weight class. <laughs> Be a big boy. <laughs> he last fought at UFC two hundred five against Eddie Alvarez, winning his last title, which was uh, feather, feather. No, lightweight. It should be the lightweight title. Lightweight title. He had the featherweight, he had the featherweight title. title. Yeah. So his last title, last fight was a title fight against Eddie Alvarez, which he absolutely dominated. You can't deny that. It is one of the most phenomenal four punch, perfectly clean landed combos you'll ever see, and all the Dragon Ball Z clips they added to that. It was it was just good. 
perfect, beautiful shots. I, I, I'm pretty sure Eddie didn't know what the hell hit him. Yeah, Eddie, of course it was overhand left or yeah. left. Yeah, 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 a lot of lefts. That's, what was it, left, right, left, right? It was just perfect. It was devastating, is what it was. Yes. So he last fought that. Before that, we all know the Diaz uh, double fight there. Yes, the one where he won. The, the lost for that we lost. Uh, then we had before that was the Jose Aldo fight where he dethroned a ten-year champ in thirteen seconds. Amazing. With one stunning left hand. It it was one of the like most run highlights of all time of anything. It's yeah. it's the most beautifully placed left hand full power shot on an opponent that's coming in at the same time. So it's double the force, man. It's it was just perfect. It was the most beautiful left hand you'll ever see. Just bounce back, bounce forward, right on the jaw as opponents running in. It's over. Before Jose Aldo was Chad Mendez, which he won the uh, interim belt from. Uh, he won that via TKO. And arguably up to that point, probably his hardest fight. I would argue that is his hardest fight. It being a another grappler, the first real wrestler that had any actual wrestling acumen that he would fight. And it that was the first time we got to see Connor get taken out of his groove. But he still won TKO. Before that was Dennis Seaver, then Dustin Poirier, who is uh, coming up on a possible 165 title shot, but maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. But... Uh, before Dustin was Diego Brandau, then current champ Max Holloway, Marcus Brimage, who legend says if you knock him out the first fight you have in the UFC, you automatically become a champ. <laughs> uh, before all that, that was just Cage Warrior stuff. So, Yeah, before that was all Cage Warrior stuff, and that was when he had the two titles and Everything like that. And we won't go in too far back for his losses, but we will touch on it. His last, his other two losses besides Nate was Joseph Duffy and a guy I can't pronounce. Sorry, man, but you know who you are because I imagine you brag about that shit all the time. Yeah, it took Connor out before he was famous. I got him fucking knee bar in 2008. Uh, thank you, sure dog. But that was his basic rundown of his uh, his pro career, at least. We don't have the amateur record on here. Actually, he's only got one amateur fight, according to SureDog, but, yeah, who cares? Yeah, it's an amateur fight. Yeah. So that's Connors. What's Khabib like? Khabib's 26-0. and 0. Never lost. Uh, we don't have his amateur record here, if you're, if you're wondering that, but I imagine, because he's Russian, it's probably like 37 bears and like four elks, seven soldiers like a dog but he's won all of them up to up you know his entire career I, I don't see a loss at all I'm I'm pretty sure that his pro career as 26 and 0 includes his amateur and that's point stacking of course that's just me bullshitting but well here's the weird thing about never know Khabib's record right I don't know first of all I don't know how to say any of these guys names until he gets to the UFC because all of them are like the Russian leagues over there. Yeah, it's all from overseas. And it's really hard to say a lot of the Russian names. When we get to the UFC, right? See, his last fight was uh, the real estate agent, Al Iaquinta. Al Iaquinta? Raging Al Iaquinta. Before that was Edson Barbosa. And then we got Michael Johnson, Daryl Horsher. Before that was uh, Jafi Aldos, Aldos. 
Javier Dos I almost couldn't say that Yeah RDA for short And then we got Pat Healy Abel Trujillo uh, Thiago Tavares 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 Thiago Tavares And who, who's Gleason, left? Gleason Tebow, Tebow. Who, It's Gleason Tebow Gleason Tebow Yeah Thiago Tavares And then Gleason Tebow And then I don't know How to say this guy's last name Or his first name Kamal Shaloris 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 So right off the bat What do you notice about That UFC record If anything that he's only fought two people that are worth note. If we're talking about um, Khabib. Khabib's only fought two people that I find championship worthy. One's a former champ, RDA. So, yeah, we look at the, we look at the, you know, the weight class that he's in, first of all. Mm-hmm. And we look at the people that he's, he's fought. Recently, see, his last five fights, he's fought four people that are in the top ten. Right. And out of those four people, I think... Maybe two of them are in the top five. Yep. Which is interesting. Which means, see, Al, Al is... Al's just outside of the top ten. Is he? He was ranked 11. Sure. According to Connor in his press conference. I thought he was... Connor cited it. I think that's the current standings. But at the time, I think he was at, like, number nine. Because Paul Felder was... The one they wanted to fight him at first, right? And then he was over ten. He was like a little, like twelve or something. No, I don't know. And they couldn't, they wouldn't do it, so they got him. So one of the biggest things when you're looking at Khabib's record here and who he's fought, the big takeaways is he's fought RDA, former champ, and right now looks really good. Although he did lose to Colby Covington and Edson Barbosa, who is one of the highest level strikers when it comes to kicking. That's really it. Al Iaquinta is very well-rounded, so I don't think that was a good matchup for either one of them to really prove anything. Um, Michael Johnson is just... I'm sorry, Michael Johnson, but you're kind of like the, the gatekeeper. Like, dude, you could throw some bombs, but he's, he's you're not a standout. He's, uh, in my opinion, Michael Johnson was really great when he came in the UFC. You know, He had those great runs. But in recent times, I think he hasn't really evolved much you know he still wants to sit there and bang most of the time he wants to throw throw hands he hasn't really got much of a grappling game and you'll notice on a lot of these people except for maybe rda and you can argue barbosa have much of a ground game the rest of them not so much uh i think thiago has a little bit of it but most of it's been just people that don't have ground games yeah, well, if you're going to throw tomato cans at somebody, right? <laughs> if you're going to pad someone's record, you know, give them something. Give them people that's... that they're not really going to have any opposition from. So that's something I've noticed right off the bat that a lot of Khabib fans especially don't want to point out is the people that he's fighting don't have much of a ground game, which we all know Connor doesn't have a ton of it. He's fairly decent at – he's got some okay wrestling – and okay wrestling gets you pretty far in MMA. Right. Uh, whereas Khabib has amazing wrestling from what we've seen. He's has, he has the ability to keep someone down. But he has very little stand-up. Yes. Uh, so much little stand-up that we noticed in the Embedded series earlier this week. <laughs> he's got the a first shiner. episode. He's got one hell of a shiner over his like, right eye. So that makes me wonder if a sparring partner can tag him 
and give him a black eye. I'm pretty sure Connor can tag him. You know. Yeah, if if your sparring partner or anybody you bring in is able to dot your eye and give you a a nice little shiner before you even get into the ring, then you're not really building everybody's confidence that you're going to be able to stay away from um, Connor's hands. Now, I did see a few little clips of somebody brought up of um, Khabib getting away from Edson, getting away from his kicks and getting away from his his striking. I was like, but you got to take into account he's staying a lot farther away because a, a leg is a lot longer than an arm. He's got to get in close to grab him. That means he puts you right in arm's reach. So he's got to come into the pocket and he's got to absorb shots. If Connor lands some of those strikingly accurate shots, we might see that we might see that granite chin that we think he has. We don't know. Although Michael Johnson kind of wobbled him. Um, uh, yeah. Crack. And if that cracks and you give Connor any any kind of opening like Eddie did or any kind of opening like Jose did, which is a small window, he's going to take that shot, and it's going to hurt. Even Nate. Nate took a lot of shots. The blood, There's plenty of blood on the mat to prove it. Well, it's not a Diaz fight unless Diaz starts bleeding. Well, yeah, true. Yeah. But Both of them. Nate yeah. took a lot of shots yeah. trying to get in there, you know, exchange with him, and Nate's got a longer reach. Here's the interesting part about Connor. Everyone seems to forget. It's been a while since we've seen him in the ring. It's been, what, two years? Yes. Or so. And uh, Connor, especially up when he was coming up through the UFC all the way up to Jose Aldo, he, when he fights, he fights more of like a karate type stance. Yeah, he's got and a he, really wide stance. He, he kind of, to, does it kind of look like Wonder Boy? Uh, it's, I wouldn't. It's not as technical. It's a well, little more free flowing. You know what I'm talking about, though, right? But he's got sort of that same stance where he's really wide, right? And the interesting part is, everyone forgets about his length with his kicks. He's got very good balance. If you ever watch Connor when he spars or some of the earlier fights when he throws kicks, his balance is always there. It's never off balance. He's he's got a good like base with him, which really helps out with his kicks and. That's something that not a lot of people tried with Khabib was keeping him at distance like that because he puts so much forward pressure on you, and a lot of them just give up. Edson tried. I think Edson was he trying. Couldn't, he couldn't really crack the code with it. Like he tried, he would try, and Edson's got one of the fastest roundhouse kicks we've ever seen. Oh, in he UFC. almost caught Khabib twice. But he doesn't have the length that Connor's got. He's he doesn't have the reach. I think Edson could have got him if he would have stuck to those low calf kicks, but he wasn't. He was head hunting and body hunting. I think the thing about Khabib, from what I've seen, is, is sort of the same thing with Diaz. It, it's really with anybody. If you work the legs, if you chop down the tree, the tree can't stand. It's kind of like the same thing with the body. If you work the body in boxing, the tree can't stand. If you work his feet, you work his legs. And you're putting in kicks, not just to the calves, but the insides, the outside of the calves. The, uh, like, you know, the John Jones kick where he hits you right above the knee. Right, that and, deep kick. And you, you get him to the point where he's like, okay, I got to shoot, but I'm not sure if I can because if I go for it, that foot's right there, you know. And you got to, Connor's got to establish very early that he's there. He can't let Khabib get some momentum going, which I think we all kind of figured that. 
but Connor's got to establish very early that he's got the reach on him and he knows how to use it. Because I think if he does sit there and establish, all right, I'm going to go after your legs, and when you come in to shoot, I've got boxing skills that you're not going to compare to. Right? So he comes in to shoot. Connor hits him with a couple, uh, you know, short jabs, a couple crosses, a little uppercut. Maybe an upper. I pro. I see more of a dirty boxing inside a pocket. I see uh, not not really dirty boxing. I see if game plan goes right, or at least what I'm thinking, Connor's going to try to do is he's going to try to work the legs, kind of like he did with Diaz in the second fight. And when Khabib comes in for the uh, the shoot, because we all know Khabib's going to shoot. It's a matter of time. Yeah, it's just it's just kind of a matter of time. He's probably going to do like 14 of them in the first round to try to get him down. But as soon as he does that, I think Connor's going to do sort of, you know, he's known to do a certain certain pattern, but I think he's going to do the uh, right uppercut uh, left left overhand that he's known for, and he's going to catch him. Because I can see it. I can see the pattern a few times when I've watched the, the sparring that he Khabib likes to open up the middle especially when he's trying to block or he's trying to come forward. So I'm pretty sure that he's going to try to land that at some point. I think, ironically, Connor's going to have success more straight down the pipe because... That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, I think when, okay. when Khabib's coming in, like Khabib you know, has this tendency to put his hands a little down because he's looking to shoot and he's going to faint. Normally he faints, and then when you react, he goes in for the shoot. Right, he goes in for a shot to take you single leg, drag you over, drop you down. But what I think is going to happen is he's going to he's going to look for that feint. There's going to be an opening. Connor has a way of going up the middle with a right uppercut, mm-hmm. and then as he's doing that, he's already transferring his energy. You can see it, and he's already loading up his left. And I think he's going to get him with that left. You think Connor's just trying to draw him into his left? I think he's going to use his range in order to get him to shoot because he's going to get real tired real quick of those, those kicks to the legs. And as soon as he does, Connor's going to capitalize. That's, if I was Connor, that would be my plan. Yeah, because Connor is a counter puncher with that left. Like, he, he tries to get you to win. Like he won his titles. Yeah, I mean, he wants you to throw that right so he can snag you with his left. Khabib is not a boxer, so Khabib is not going to throw as many punches at all, if any, to get in there and give Connor an opportunity. So, yeah. I think he's going to have to go straight down the pipe to get Khabib to make a mistake. He's going to have to get Khabib to drop that right arm so he can just come over there and nail him. Khabib is known just to have this forward pressure, and after he gets you pretty much tired or he shoots you and gets you on the ground, he's known to just lay on top of you, and when he gets in a good position, he'll lay in elbows and maybe get a TKO. Every now and then he gets a uh, submission. But most of the finishes he has is because you're on the ground, you're below him, and he's just raining down elbows. His last two fights were by decision, yeah, right? yeah. which is interesting. So we kind of figure out his game plan. He's there to win. You know, he's not really there to finish you. But this is a different Khabib because of the whole bus incident and all that. And all the shit talking. After he that. might be a little more emotional. We saw it at the press conference, the first one. They said they're going to do a second one. I don't know when. But... We know this is kind of a different uh, emotional state because fighting Connor, you're not just fighting Connor, you're fighting a fucking nation. Well, that, you're also fighting like three Connors. You're fighting the fighter, you're fighting the ego, and you're fighting the shit talker. Yeah. All rolled into one. So 
you got the the guy who's in the ring with you. You got the guy who's on the stage with you. And you got the guy who's larger than life you have to fight. So that's a lot of pressure. And the larger than life one is the one that has the most uh, acumen, honestly. Because he's going to bring the world around you down. He's trying to, you know, he's getting in your head talking about your dad. He's getting in your head talking about your country. He's getting in your head talking about every little thing that he can dig up on you. And then you have the shit talker in the ring, too. Yeah. Because the whole time he's in there, he if he's having fun especially, he is talking shit. Now, the second Diaz fight, he wasn't. He was focused on yeah. trying to get Diaz out because he lost the first time. Yeah. Uh, it, the second Diaz fight, you can tell he was more determined, right? Oh, he yeah. He was determined, like, all right, I got to... The first time, I didn't take him seriously. This time, I'm here. And it, I think it shows a lot about Conor is the fact that even... In his movie, like when he did the Conor McGregor movie, I think it's called Notorious. Yeah. Uh, he showed his loss, right? And he showed him coming back and changing things. And if you're willing as a person to show the world as the biggest sports athlete in, the, in it at the time that I lost something and I'm willing to change stuff in order to get back, like that shows a lot about the person. So it makes, us, makes me wonder rather if Conor were to lose this fight, Right, he would have a rematch at some point. He's he's the he's got a six fight contract with the UFC now. He's the biggest one biggest UFC star of all time at this point. Right, he, he would have, have a rematch, rematch eventually. eventually if he wanted to. Yeah, I guarantee if he loses this fight, he'll have a rematch. And if he doesn't, he'll, he'll Khabib will fight Tony, and then the winner of that will get Connor. But it makes you wonder if he were to lose, how he would come back from that. Would he show the same sides as he did with Diaz, where he was like, I'm going to take this loss, I'm going to learn from it, I'm going to keep moving and come back even better than before? Which I think that's probably a logical thing, but it shows a lot about the person. And I, th- I don't think you can really stop Connor uh, getting in his head like that, and we know Khabib doesn't do that at all. Khabib was like, granite after the press conference, didn't say anything. Until the end, like the last 10, 15 minutes of it, man, he started getting a little frustrated. Now, that made just him being like, okay, enough is enough. Like, what are you doing, dude? Because anybody, you sit there and poke them long enough, they're going to react. And I don't know if he necessarily got under his skin, but he did phase him, and that shows a lot. It it did look like it. Yeah, it looked like Khabib, I won't say Khabib was rattled by it, I'll just say he was not Khabib as usual. If that makes sense to you. So, what do you think Khabib's plan would be against Connor? I think Khabib's biggest um, opportunity is going to be constant level changes and get him to the cage. Even if he doesn't get him to the ground, get him to the cage. If he can wait and grab him and put him on the cage, even if even if he doesn't want to take him to the ground, he's showing his dominance. Like, I can put you wherever I want. So, if the, let's say in the first round, uh, they just dance around for a minute. They, they swap a few blows. Um, it's not enough to put Khabib away, but Khabib grabs him, and Khabib doesn't get him to the ground. But if he puts him on the cage, and he starts working the body a little bit, and he starts getting Connor thinking and moving, and it starts wearing out Connor. Now, Connor has gone with the greatest boxer of all time for 30 minutes. He has been to two five rounds uh fights so we know he can go distance we also know there's a cardio issue in there somewhere somewhere around that 12 to 15 mark he starts fading well that's his that's khabib's biggest time to do a tko if he gets it that far 
He did go to 30 minutes with Mayweather. That was the uh, you know the biggest fight. Yeah. Everyone knows that. We know he kind of tired out towards the end there because it's 30 minutes of boxing. It's yeah. going to get tiring. Striking is different than grappling completely. And when someone's on top of you like that, it drains you way faster. Which is what happened striking. in the first Diaz fight. In the first yes. Diaz fight, he was, he was getting tired a lot quicker, and that's why he lost because he opened himself up to that that choke and then in the second one he didn't once he put nate down there he didn't pursue him he's like nope come back up well, the few times they did go to the ground he was able to get away i wouldn't even argue in the first ds fight that it was the the grappling i would argue in the first one it was diaz's pressure and constant pressure because he kept just going after him yeah that was a opponent and then once he face. hurt once he hurt connor connor went in for the shoot and that's when we all were like yeah he's kind of fucked at this point you know the second one, he fixed that problem with his cardio because he had a cardio issue right. going into the Diaz fight. You can't argue that. Right. But in the second one, he again, fixed it, and he made sure Diaz fought his fight. Again, though, somewhere around that 12 to 13-minute mark, he started fading. That's why Diaz won that round, the third round, and the fourth round handedly. It wasn't until the fifth round that Conor got his, uh, his second win, and we're looking at 20 minutes in before he got it. I don't know if you got that much time on your hands to get a second win when Khabib's just so heavy and he's on top of you and he's yeah, pounding the shit out of you. It's something that, you know, it's going to drain him. It's going to drain him pretty quick. We all know that, uh, you know, being on the bottom during a, any type of grappling stage, even when you're up against the cage or when you're below somebody, it's going to take a lot out of you. And it's going to take even more when you're trying to defend it. So... That's going to drain. It's going to be an interesting fight between the two. On paper, it looks like a striker versus a grappler, which it kind of is. But there's a lot of different levels to this, you know. I really think Khabib's biggest, biggest opportunity to get this done is going to be the level changes constantly. Because you got to get Connor thinking. Like, uh, Khabib's favorite thing is the single leg. Let's go for a double leg. Go for a hip toss do something different that'll throw him out of what he planned or what he's already planned that you're going to do. I think, um, what's his name? Zabit is, I think he comes out of the same camp. I might just be stereotyping him because his name's Zabit. And his last name has the same kind of indentation. But he always does these trips, which I find are fascinating because it takes everybody, everyone's like, okay, he's going to, if you're going to take someone down, it's going to go a double leg or a single leg. Most times it's a single leg. Yeah, Not really these trips. So it would be nice to see Khabib do these trips, do a hip toss, throw Connor off his game like that, especially if he can get inside. But the biggest issue where I think this is going to be win, won, well, the fight's going to be won, is getting either Khabib's going to get inside and be able to grab Connor, or it's or it's going to be in the sprawl. Because we know Khabib is probably going to take Connor down at one point, right? Right. Connor has to get up. Connor has to make sure Khabib fights his game, and Khabib has to make sure Connor fights his game. That's that's what it's going to come down to. It's either come, come down to the takedown or the sprawl. It's. I don't even think it's going to come down. It's going to be, well, kind of that. I think it's going to be more of who puts the other fighter into an uncomfortable position the most. So if Connor keeps it standing longer, 
Then they're on the ground. Let's say it's 25 minutes, and Connor keeps it standing for 15. He wins. He handedly wins because that is not Khabib's strong suit. He cannot stand up that long and go toe-to-toe with probably the best, most accurate striker in the UFC. That is simple, and Connor cannot stay on the ground for more than 15 minutes and just get hammered and pounded on. He's not going to be able to win like that. Neither one of these guys can fight the other person's fight. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Whoever, what's, what's the word, uh, imposes their will the most. Yeah. Um, it's one of those things that since the beginning of the UFC, beginning of MMA, if you're on top of somebody and you're writing down elbows and strikes and they can't defend, you're going to win. You know, that's a TKO. Yeah, and if you have the ability to hit somebody on the exact point with speed and accuracy, you're going to win. So it comes down to this combination of who's going to get it first. I don't, I honestly, I don't think it's going to be a submission finish. I don't see that happening between any of them. If it goes to a submission, I will be, no matter who does it, I will be thoroughly impressed. It's like, wait a minute, who submitted who? I see this being either counted as a TKO or a decision. Yeah. I don't think someone's, you know, as yeah, much as like Connor, I don't think he's going to flat out like, like Jose armbar. Aldo him or get an armbar. It's going to be a TKO or a decision. Because uh, I think as soon, if Connor managed to catch Khabib, I think, like, you know, programming is going to take over and he's going to go for that double or that single. And it you know, comes down to that sprawl. And if he can. Make that, that brings uh, up an interesting point, though, what you said. If Connor, let's say Connor steps in and he cracks Khabib and Khabib gets loose leg, you know, his chicken leg dancing out there. Baby dick. Yeah, he's chicken leg dancing out there. Connor cannot move in for the kill right away because Khabib's first reaction is going to be to grab him. Connor's going to have to maintain composure and try to land those the finishing shots from distance or kicks. To keep Khabib from grabbing him until he, you know, he gets around to a side and lands it, or he, you know, as long as he's not right in front of it. Because we saw what happened with uh, Barbosa and Motown Phenom, Kevin Lee, right? Barbosa cracked him on top of the head, and he was uh, chicken dancing all over the place. But when Barbosa went in, Lee grabbed him, and he wasn't able to finish it out. Yeah. So that's an example. You. Connor cannot let that happen if he gets that stun, if he gets that uh, wobble shot. He can't do it. If yeah. he does, it'd have to be as, he'll have to do it as quick as he did to Eddie, or just follow up, pop, pop, pop. He would have to. Um, it depends on how good he can catch him, you know? I think, say Connor were to hit Khabib and get him pretty good, but not a KO, right? Like, he hits him, he's definitely wobbled. Khabib's going to come in for that single. He's going to try to grab him because that's what everybody does. That's what they train you to do. If you hurt, either back off or grab him because you don't want to get punched more. Yeah. So say he does that. If Khabib's coming in to grab you, like definitely you, you would probably want to back off to give him room. But it also depends on how well you think you hurt him. So it would come down to like the first couple shots because Connor's going to land more than just... He's not going to Jose Aldo him. You know, he's going to land a couple and he's going to test him at first with a couple power shots. 
it's kind of like Diaz or, or Nick Diaz to be precise. When he would fight, he'd put constant pressure on you, but he always throw these like half shots, and then every now and then he'd go in with like these heavy hands, and then eventually he'd pour it all on. So I think that's probably what Connor's gonna try to do. Like the first couple, you know, filling out process, couple, you know, first maybe first second round, he'll hit him with a shot that's a little heavy, not too, and then if he feels that he could do it, he'll pour it on at some point. I doubt he'll go in there with like a you know a falcon punch and try to take his head right off. Word for his fight against uh, Jose Aldo. And he got him a belt, so who knows? Um, but I think he'll probably be more. Uh, tactical with this one this is probably going to be his most skilled fight this is going to be the most um prolific fight for both of them it's going to be interesting because you know i just said it's going to be a skill fight but honestly thinking about it now i think chad mendez was probably his most skilled fight as far as grappling goes so far yeah even again well i think chad mendez is a better grappler than khabib Grappler, yes, because Khabib is a one-trick pony, kind of. He grabs you, throws you to the ground, and just lays on you. Yes. Mendez will stand with you for a while. Mendez will grab you, put you into the cage, grind you out, put you on the ground, and wrestle with you, and try to beat you up there, what? too. During the fight with Chad Mendez, Chad took Connor down a few times, and Connor got right back up. And I think Chad's a better grappler than that, I think, than Khabib, and I think... It showed a lot to everybody that he could take on a grappler. Now, that was a couple years ago. That was, what, three three years ago? So it's been a while, and we don't know exactly what Connor's been working on. We don't know whether he's just like, every day we're sprawling. I'll say this. We don't know what Connor's been working on, right? But we haven't seen any real media coverage outside of that first press conference. So that shows he has been in there, taking this serious. He knows this is the biggest fight or the hardest fight of his life, I think he, I think he's going to impress everybody with his defensive skills because he's had more time to focus. He's had the drive to focus. He knows this is going to be a hard fight. He, he knows. He's got to know. I think the one reason we have, he only did the one press conference, but I think the reason why we haven't seen as much media coverage or him lighting up everybody on uh, Twitter feeds and all that stuff or talking as much shit as he has is because he's been focused. So we may see a, a Connor that's elevated his game so far more than we thought he could in such a small time frame, or we're not. I mean, it's just going to be a yes or a no, and it's going to be obvious in the first two rounds if it goes to the third. The interesting part about, like I've noticed about Connor's career, is he had that initial run to Jose where he was everywhere. They put him on every press conference, everything, just to get the word out. And when he comes out and he's this brash, confident guy, the more he believes that he's going to destroy you, the more press conferences he does, you know? But he did that all the way up to the Nate Diaz fight, the first one. He did, like, three of them. You know, they had the one because it was last second. Right. And he did one, like, I think the day before. And a couple little media out things. But the second fight, he only did, I think, one or so. He did nowhere near as many because he was focused. Yeah, he was. He even then, they had a big thing about it because he said he didn't want to do it. And the UFC was, yeah, like, you yeah, have to do all that. that. And he, you know, he was more focused. When he did against uh, Eddie Alvarez, 
he had like three press conferences where he was like, yeah, I'm going to beat the shit out of this dude. He was that confident. This one, it speaks a lot to him being like, I know this is a big fight. I know this is a lot of emotion going in this fight, but taking only one press conference, they said they're going to do two. It's probably the ones they're talking about, like the way the day before the weigh-ins right. ones. But it's going to be interesting to see how this goes because generally speaking, when Connor only does one or two press conferences, most times just one, he's focused. He is there. And when he gets to that point where he's that focused, in the past, it has shown that uh, he's going to do whatever he wants to. At one point when he was in uh, Cage Warriors, or I think it was Cage Warriors, the, the first promotion he was in, yeah, Cage Warriors, he was like, I want to be a two-division champ. And he called that like the first time he fought there. And he said, I want to be a two-division champ. I'm going to be a two-division champ here. I want to do it in the UFC. By God, he went and did it. Right? You imagine having the amount of nuts on you to call that shit. like. Seven years before it happened, and I actually go out and do it. Hey man, you gotta have goals, right? <laughs> he's got a ton of them. He's met all of them, and if he's that focused and he's like, "I'm gonna do this and take it seriously," I'm not gonna doubt him. As much as I want to root for Connor, and I am gonna root for Connor because I've, I didn't think Connor could beat Jose, and he proved me wrong, and he proved me wrong in stunning fashion. I thought he was going to be Eddie Alvarez. I didn't think he was going to do it like that. I thought he was going to go the distance and get him in the third or fourth round. But nope, got him in the second. So he surprised me two times. The Darren East goes and surprised me by fighting Mayweather as long as he did. coming Going into a sport he has no business going into. I mean, this is way out of his league, but he doesn't. He holds his own against the best for ten rounds. I mean, yes, he did get stopped, you know, it was done. But he went that long with the greatest of their sport of all time. And there's no reason why he can't go out there and beat Khabib in stunning fashion either. And there's, I'm not going to count him out of this, but I don't want to discredit Khabib's talent either. Um, I'm really looking forward to see how much Khabib has improved anything outside of the single leg and ground and pound. If he has improved just his boxing defense, that way he can take a shot or two to set up a feint or a, a level change better than he has. I mean, this is the time to show it. This is going to be the time that we're going to see if Khabib is no longer a one-trick pony. And I, I use the, the word one-trick pony just because uh, it's easy to explain. There's so much going into this fight it's the reason they're promoting it. It's the biggest UFC fight of all time. It's because you have the bus incident. You have the, you know, all the shit between his team and their team because of that and before that. You have the shit talking that took place years before Khabib was even considered for the championship. When Khabib was hurt and he wasn't even fighting, they were still shit talking then. You, there's a reason they have this. It's not just because of the emotions. It's because... You can go into this fight from a thousand different angles, but you're not going to know the winner. You can't do MMA math. Can't do combat sport math yeah. at all. I don't know who's going to win this. This is one of the hardest fights to pick for me. This fight, I'm not going to pick. I want Connor to win. I want Connor to win. But I also want Khabib to win because 
both of these guys are just phenomenal at the, what they do and the amount of talent they bring to the cage at any one time is just insane. Khabib's over overbearing dominance on his opponents. Um, Connor's flash and flair and ability to get an entire nation into one coliseum, it feels like, and to really put on a show every time he shows up, win or lose. I mean, these these two guys are so stylistically different in their fighting style and their mentality that it, I don't want either one of them to lose, but there's no way one of them's got to lose. I want Connor to win. Connor's the guy I'm going to pull for in this one, and I don't know... If anything, I just want to see a blemish on Khabib's record. I want to see that one loss. And if it doesn't happen due to Connor, I want it to happen because of Ben Askren. <laughs> yeah. Or um, or the other fighter I want to talk about in a minute. I, I feel the same way going into this one. I'm not really going to pick. I'm not going to tell you who to bet on, uh, A, because I don't want to give you shitty advice. And you'd be like, fuck these guys. I don't ever want to listen to this again. That's always a bad idea. Uh, but B, I, I like both of them. From a MMA fan standpoint, I like the fact that Khabib's there to win. He's there to do what he's best at and leave, right? But as a casual fan, a guy who's been watching MMA since Stefan Bonner and Forrest Griffin went at it in 2005, I'm going to tell you... Brought me into the fold. I'm going to tell you, I, I love Connor's flash. I love the fact that he shows up and he's just like, fuck it, I'm here, let's do this thing. I love the fact that he says what he's going to do and he goes out and does it. So I'm not going to pick which one. I'm sorry, guys. I know you were here for the picks. So let's say Connor wins. Who do you think he should fight next? Well, on the other card is Tony Ferguson, who is the former interim champ. And he got hurt, you know, could be even... Connor or Khabib and Tony were supposed to fight. He gets hurt, and then the bus incident and all that other shit. That whole car was just fucked up. But more than likely, if Tony wins his fight before this, because he's on the co-main event, he'll probably fight the winner going forward. Um, if if Connor wins, I want him to fight a multitude of people. But the one I kind of want him to fight the most is uh, not even Nate. Because I think Nate stylistically loses to Poirier, even though Poirier is going to be at a... I think Poirier in their fight is going to be at a loss on the ground because Nate's a little bit better. But I want him to fight Dustin again to give Dustin an opportunity to move up the ranks, show that he is... Like, give him a chance to kind of go against... uh, Or the rematch, that's what I'm trying to say. The rematch between them to see how much either one of them have evolved. I think, I think that's that's just a fight as a fan that I want to see. Although I do think the fight against uh, El Kakui would probably be the best fight. If Connor gets past El Kakui and he decides to keep going, you know, because we don't know what Connor the hell Connor doing. Like he can do anything he wants. If he decides to start, you know, stay in one way class because he's fought at one seventy before. I don't think he'll go that far. Um, but say he decides to stay. At 155, Zay decides to stay at 155, and he's there. After he fights Tony, then yeah, I would see that that would be decent, especially if that's Poirier, the fan side of me. If Poirier wins against Nate, then that would be after Ferguson fight. 
unless they do a rematch of Khabib. You know, but right now you have the th- three big ones in that division. So there's only one fight for me that Khabib should fight if he gets his hand raised. Um, th- for a f- as as a fan, the fight that I want to see that I think matches up really well for both of these guys is Khabib versus Brian Ortega. Especially if Ortega takes out Holloway and gets the belt. You got champ versus champ. Holloway, as good as he is, he's going to be at a disadvantage in the grappling and the, the, the BJJ. Although he can't keep people at range very well, Brian's already shown that his hands have steadily got better, and he sets up his his uh, BJJ so well, and he's so good on the ground. I think that's the opponent, hands down, for Khabib to prove that he's the overall superior fighter in the weight class. Because Brian Ortega is good on his feet. He is great on the ground. So... So Why if Khabib wins, you want to see him fight Ortega? Yes. Okay. If Khabib wins, I think he should fight Brian Ortega. That's that's the fan side of me. That's what I want to see. But That would be yeah. interesting. Um, I agree that would be fun because uh, Ortega, is, he's a big dude. Yeah, he's he, big for his weight class. He, he, go up and wait, no problem. Him and Max. Yeah, that that's that's the fight I want to see, honestly, out of all the fights to, like, for me, if I was going to be the matchmaker, if I was Sean Shelby and Dana White, like, ooh, I kind of want to see that one. Yeah, fuck uh, the rankings. That would be fun. Like, well, they don't pay attention to the rankings anyway. Yeah, no. so, or if they could do it, get Ben Askren on the on the card just for one fight. They're never going to get Ben Askren on a card. Sorry. Honestly, dude, he could beat Khabib just hands down, I think. He's a better wrestler. He's a far better wrestler overall. Yeah. I think he's... Far better wrestler. I think his stand up was putting together too. Especially, you know, he took the I'm gonna win. You know, he, he didn't really go out there to finish this. He went out there to win. Yeah, he went out there to win all five rounds for five fucking minutes every time. So, I think, I think if Ben came into the UFC, he'd probably clean up a lot of people, clean up divisions. Yeah, he'd probably, divisions. Yeah, he'd probably have two belts, champ, champ, consecutive defenses too. Yeah, he could probably do both. That that's the only two people I want to see could be fight. I mean, one's not in the UFC, one's retired, and the other one soft retired. Like he says, he'd come out for a UFC fight, but Dana won't get like his head in his ass. And Dana doesn't want to do. It's a big, a lot of politics. No, it's Dana's ego. That ain't politics. It's Dana's ego. So that being said, guys, what do you think is going to happen? Tell us what you think is going to happen in the comments below. That would help us out, get a little bit of a gauge on our audience. Uh, I know like the four people of you that listen to this would really help us out. Like, share, subscribe. I wouldn't tell you to do that, but it would help also. You got anything? I have nothing other than follow us on Twitter. You can follow us at HookedJP or at HookedJustin, doesn't matter, or do both. Good. Links below. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Hook J Podcast. Hope you enjoyed today's show. See you next episode. Sometimes you've got to do what's right for you and not do what's right for everybody else.